1: Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk.
0: In this week's episode, we will be discussing the pitfalls of a hard time according to God's Word. Uh uh We are coming to you live from the PT Podcast Studio with another great lesson for another great week. And, yep, I have a great grand announcement today. This is episode 100 of the PT Podcast. Teen Bible study taught in 10 minutes. Give yourselves a round of applause for being around for 100 great episodes. We can't thank you enough for joining us on this journey to the Big 100. So let's get right down to it because you're here for the word. So let's get to it. The world in the biblical meaning of pitfall and hard times, a period of difficulties or hardship. We can find this biblically in Psalm 28, 6 through 7. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength, my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. What an awesome verse. During hard times, I know praise is probably the last thing on your mind. Well, maybe... That's not the absolute last thing. It's probably, <laughs> how did I arrive here, right? You know, when we go through hard times, we, we, we do try to figure out, Oh, better yet, we don't want to know how we got here because many times we do know. I'm not saying this should be number two on the list, but it definitely should not be number one. We'll talk more about that later. In this psalm, we find the writer acknowledging two important facts about God as relates to hard times. Number one, he must be nearby to have heard the writer's cry. Think about that. He said, He heard my cry for mercy, which means God had to be present and near. And number two, God is a very attentive God to all of his children, including you, my young loyal listeners. As a bonus, the writer tells us what God is to him. He said, He is his strength and protector. That's powerful. Not only is God nearby when you're going through, he is your strength to go through, and he is your protector from any hurt, harm, or danger while going through. God will give you the strength that you need if you trust him to go through any situation that may come your way and while you're going through it. And more importantly, while you're going through it, he is there to protect you. See, he never said every day would be easy, but he did say that you can get through it. This strength and protection can only be manifested in you when you fully trust him without conditions. Because remember, the writer says, my heart trusts in him and he helps me. See, so the trust comes before the help. That's the connector, the and. You can't say, my heart trusts him, but I think he helped me. See, that doesn't work. Let's look at Hebrews 13 and five. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. We find this passage of scripture that uses one of the strongest words I know, which is never. Let's pause there. And I want you to think about how to quantify the word never in terms of something we can understand. Long enough pause. To be quite honest, it is impossible for us to even fathom or comprehend the true God meaning of never. Yeah, I said the God meaning of never. As an example, when I was young and got in trouble, like yourself, I would always utter this sentence. I will never do that again. I will never do this again. Because in that moment, the trouble was so big, the hard times or the hardship for what I was doing, was so great that I wanted the best way out. And I, and I would make a promise to my parents or anybody, I, I'm, I'm never going to do this again. Boy, did I ever lie to myself time and time again when I uttered that sentence. You don't have to confess it to me, but I believe I can boldly say you all have used the sentence a time or two yourselves. This is what the writer in Psalm was talking about when the Lord heard his cry for mercy. God had to be there to hear it. Let's not forget, God used never twice in the same verse. Never to leave and never to forsake. How many of you can match that? And before you answer and say, yes, you can match it. When I say match, I mean to say it and mean it just like God does. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back after this short break. We're back live in the PNT podcast studio after that short break. And I know you're probably still pondering, what can you do with the word never? How can you rationalize it? How can you quantify never in your life? Well, I'm here to tell you, the easiest way to quantify never in your life is to never use that word. See, I just used it in a sentence. But anyway, let's look at some practical ways of dealing with hard times and and to avoid the pitfalls of it. The pitfall is rather simple and obvious when it comes to hard times. But we have to be careful not to confuse the two states that oftentimes get confused. Complacency and contentment. It's one thing to be happy with where you are in life, and another thing to accept where you are in life when there's a need for improvement. Here's the problem with what I just said. And if you didn't catch it, I defined the two words in that sentence I just read. People can be content with where they are, and that's fine as long as they're happy with where they are in life. and people can be complacent in that they're not happy where they are, but they accept their fate and whatever their hard times or whatever that situation is bringing them. So they become complacent and then in their minds they they they, they rationalize this state that they're in. People will arbitrarily accept and pretend to be happy knowing that they aren't and call it being content, to only be lying to themselves so that they don't have to put any more work in or believe in God that he can get them to a better place or they can improve. So basically, they, they, they take complacency and call it contentment in order to be comfortable and accept their role in life or their place in life, wherever they may be, which is really being dishonest with yourself. Don't be complacent, don't confuse the two words, and that's why it's so important. but anyway, I got some ways that we can use to identify and help us with getting through these hard times. Number one, dwelling on what you don't want works against what you do want so it's that that complacency and contentment kind of thing I just talked about. Don't dwell on it, just do the right thing you know if if if, there, if it was a if it was a bad decision that placed you in that hard time or situation, don't dwell on it. Dwell on what can get you out of that situation. Number two, you are an overcomer of tough times. You've done it in the past and you'll do it again. You have to trust God this time just like you did the last time because God's the same today as he was yesterday and he'll be tomorrow. So you can trust the same God. Number three, no matter how bad it feels now, it won't feel this way forever. I know that sounds kind of cliche but at the end of the day, as they say, joy comes in the morning. You may be sad at this moment, but don't let that sadness bleed into your new day that God offers and provides you. Number four, you are bigger than your problems. I know you've heard that a thousand times, but you are. Your problems can only defeat you if you allow them to. You are bigger. You know why you're bigger? Because you got God, because you got the Holy Spirit, because you got Jesus on your side. You are already bigger than your problems. Number five, nothing steals or zaps your peace of mind faster than fear. And another way fear is said is false evidence appearing real. Don't let what you see affect how you feel. Don't let it take your joy and your peace from you. Don't let that situation or that hard time rob you of the very peace that God provided you. Because those situations are truly temporary because we're not going to be what? Complacent. Number six, allow yourself to feel the pain caused by the situation. I know that might be a difficult one. But when we fight that pain, when we fight that urge to, to, to allow the emotion to, 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 to do what it needs to do in us, then we can start the healing process. No different when if you're an athlete, you twist your ankle. That hurts really bad. And if we try to fight that pain, it actually makes that pain even harder. But if you go ahead and let that uh, out or let that tear drop, it, it seems like the pain starts to dissipate. Allow the emotion to run its course. Number seven, faith doesn't remove your problems. It transforms them. What I'm saying here is don't get it twisted. Yes, you believe in God. We believe in his healing power. We believe in his miracles. But at the end of the day, the decisions we make, we do have to live by. The Bible tells us that. The wages of sin is death. And another way of saying that is because of the things we do, we do have to be accountable to the things that we do. We do have to give an account for the things that we do. But faith in God allows us to work through those things. So therefore, it transforms our situations and our problems, okay? Number eight, we are braver together than we are alone. The last thing you want to do when you hit hard times is to isolate yourself. Don't silo yourself. Don't Remove yourself from society and go into some dark room, some dark corner, and just think the world is against you and there's no way out. There is a way out. You just have to connect with the right people, which are called Christians. Iron sharpens iron. We heard that in the Bible. We know those stories, right? Where two or three or more are gathered together, he's in the midst. So we need to come together with other like-minded people to get through our hard times. Number nine, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. What I mean by that, you have to actively live your life. You just can't sit there and accept everything that comes your way. Don't be complacent. Life happens for you because God has laid out the plan of your life for you. You just have to trust and believe in it and follow it. How do we do that? You got to spend time talking to God. You got to pray. And when you hear God's voice, he will tell you to go left, right, or go straight. So allow life to happen for you through God's guiding hand and voice. And finally, number 10. Trust yourself that whatever happens, you can handle it. At the end of the day, the Bible says it, God will not put more on us than we can bear. Now, let me clarify that. God won't. But sometimes, I I will admit, we will put more on ourselves than we can bear. But Jesus is the burden bearer. Pray. Seek God. Seek Jesus. Turn those burdens over to him, and he said he will exchange it for a burden that is light. See, That is easy. Give Jesus your problems and your hard times, and he will guide you through them. Trust yourself, because you can handle it. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner.
1: Hey, Minister Bennett.
0: What y'all rapping about over here?
1: We weren't chatting about anything in particular before our class began, but then we hopped on this subject after one of the teens said that they could not believe that their parents had went to the store and stocked up on all of this food when it snowed a few weeks back. I had to laugh because that seems to be the case whenever there is a big storm coming. People stock up for food, for sports games that they watch or have parties for they stock up on food. Stocking up on supplies in bulk is what seems to take place when big events begin to happen. That's why BJ's, Costco, and Sam's are popular because their items that they sell are in bulk. I'm a living witness. I buy in bulk all year round. Think about it. When the pandemic hit in 2020, people ran to stores as quickly as they could to buy everything that they needed to be on lockdown for a while. Well, in doing that, some of the stores ran out of food and supplies. It was hard to find the items that they needed. Even online, things were sold out. It's always best to be prepared for the unexpected because you never know when that hard time or that shortage will hit. Now that we've been in the pandemic for a couple of years, people order more now in bulk than before, never wanting to run out of anything. In the Bible, Pharaoh had a dream and he called for Joseph to interpret that dream. The dream was that Pharaoh would have seven years of plenty, and then after that, there would be seven years of famine. So what did Joseph do? He gathered as much as he could in seven years so that he would be prepared for when God sent the famine through the land. And sure enough, the famine came and neither Pharaoh nor his people were prepared. They were starving and asking Pharaoh for food, but he instructed his people to go ask Joseph. And whatever Joseph needed them to do, that's what they would have to do. Because of all that Joseph had endured at the hand of Pharaoh, he could have been very bitter and not have given them anything. But because of his heart and his love for God and his obedience to God, he opened up his storehouse and sold some of what he has stored up in seven years to Pharaoh's people. So see, just like the pandemic, we never know when there will be a time when there will be nothing in the stores for us to buy. So don't laugh at your parents because they buy in bulk. They are preparing and there is nothing wrong with that. You never know when you have to help that family that will need some of what you have. And they, maybe they not have may not have been the nicest family to you, but your parents will not turn them away. They will be obedient to what God is telling them to do and provide that family what is needed at that time. That's just how the love of God works during hard times. And don't forget, we answer your questions or read your comments on the fourth or fifth week of each month. Don't worry, you can remain anonymous, no pressure. Drop us a line at pntpodcast2020 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: In summary... The importance of knowing how to deal with the pitfalls of hard times. Let me be the first to tell you, not every day you live will be sunshine and roses. Even the most successful people have a bad day every now and then. They get dressed the same way you do, one leg at a time. Sometimes it's a day where all the little things go wrong, and all the right things seem to not measure up. While there are days that doing wrong seems better than doing right, don't fall for that lie. It's no secret when the going gets tough, and the tough can't get going, that one can and should find comfort when turning to the Bible, where God shares his power-packed, inspiring words of wisdom, encouragement, and motivation to get you through those hard times. A famous quote from Martin Luther King, We must accept finite disappointment, but we must never lose infinite hope. it's Christian Education Ministry in association with Real Time with the Bennett. A real talk, what? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.